Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I take you for a ride on the devil ship. I take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Joey, welcome back. It is. Uh, it's nice to be back. It's been a. It's been too long. It has been a minute, and you live closer now, and you still don't come by. That's true. And uh, and honestly, Poseidon, I I was like, oh okay, I'll walk over, and then Poseidon was oh, like, what? no, I'll pick you up. He's next to you. He I lives know. right next to you. It was great. He was coming here anyway. Yeah. Before I forget, so uh, in case you don't know, if you're in Montreal, Tuesday, the 28th of November, headlining the uh, Bordel Comedy Club is Joey Elias. First. I think uh, English headline there. That's not one of the like. It's not a mic or anything like that. So right, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, it is because I first of all I love the club, I love the staff, uh, I love the green room, you know, which That's is uh, dude. It's a you know a four bedroom apartment. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Like you have such respectful comics that work there. None of them have squatted. No. You know what I mean? There is at least a dozen English comics that I know and can think of right off the that top would be of my head. There. Oh, my. They would have moved in. You know what I mean? They ah. they look homeless already. Why not just make it official? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I didn't know that. I thought maybe Rashid was uh, the first guy. Uh, is he? But him, it was different. He had translated. It was like it, it, uh, like it was all like the French fans that came to watch in English, you, it's going to be the first, like, it's an English, like, you're an English act, you're not a French act. Yeah. You're a, well, that's very cool now yeah. that I know that. Um, I'm honored, and I hope everybody comes out. I love doing the full hour. Oh, and also there, too, it's so, oh, it's you know, because uh, when you start off, you, you know, you have certain goals, and one of them for me was I wanted to get a full hour that I was happy with, not, you know, because everybody starts off, goes, oh, I got an hour. Oh, it's not true. And you're like, oh, okay. How much of it is A material? How much of it is B? And how much of it is Z? Yeah, how much do you regret even attempting? You know, why did you even bring up that number is what the conversation should end with. Yeah. So once I got to the hour, um, and there's certain clubs that you headline across the country where you the headliner does an hour. And I realized after doing, you know, some of them, I did uh, Rumors in Winnipeg and then... Uh, Laugh Shop in Calgary, 58 minutes. That's my happy moment. You know, yeah. I just, I can tell my full story in 58 minutes. Yeah, me, anywhere between 50 and 50, sometimes like 56, I've had like good 56 minutes where I look, I'm like, oh shit, I went a little early, but it had everything I wanted to do. It's always around there, if I have time to do it. Right. French, they get, French is, is they, it's, it's kind of, you don't really see 45s if you're headlining, it's hours. Right. Sometimes they do fucking two hours, an hour and a half. Like they, it's a whole production. I, I don't want to keep. What's the people... longest uh, you've ever done? In uh, like English. An, uh, an hour three. 
Okay. An hour three, but it was too long. The, the reason why is just people were like, I had to stop after every joke. It was, you know, sometimes you get that excited crowd. Where no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> where it, it, you're not adding anything. I wasn't <clears throat> adding anything different. It's just that every joke took more time to set up because they would, I would have to stop, let them calm down, and then continue. It was the only reason. But normally in the 50s, 56. Okay. Yeah. The longest I did was an hour and a half, but I took an intermission. Mm. Right? At a theater. I, I hate these fucking intermissions. And they do it in French a lot. I didn't mind it because I did, you know, uh, it was 40 and then 50. And For me, the whole flow is gone. You know, and it was kind of different topics too. So I kind of did like two shows in one. Um, and just because I wanted to, I, I had a costume change. Oh, did shut the fuck up. Yeah, I just changed my shirt. Mostly because of sweat. You well, know. if you're going to do another 50 minutes, yeah, you could change. You know. Yeah, I just went from, uh, I remember I wore like a nice button down you know nice pair of pants and then a jacket over it and then for the second half it was just a t-shirt with the same pair of nice pants and whatever but yeah it felt like they're getting a different guy yeah kind of, i mean i should have shaved in between that would have been funny just a di- and different accent yeah maybe uh you know dye the goatee i'm his brother C- could you imagine that'd be amazing you, people would fall for it there's always idiots I've had people, I know one guy, I'll say his name, his name's Kent Taylor, he's a good guy, mm-hmm. Kentos, we've uh, golfed together and stuff, and uh, one year, I hosted the Irishman of the Year breakfast at the, uh, not Evo, yeah, the Evo, Ovo is where you go get pregnant, right on to carry. Evo is the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Ovo is, uh, you go come. Is that in, what it's called? Yeah, the Ovo is uh, where you go jerk off in a jar. They make babies in a Petri dish. Oh, shit. Poseidon, how much do they pay for that? Uh, I know in the States it pays, but here it doesn't really pay. Oh, they don't respect our sperm. Uh, you know what it is? Taxes. Yeah, they take, <laughs> yeah, they take the taxes right off, you know? so um, Sperm donation, how much pay? You Honestly, you Google like in a Canada, refugee. nothing. Okay. That, wow. they, they don't respect our it's sperm. It's illegal to pay donors for semen in it's the U.S. It's illegal. In the U.S., the industry average is about $100 per donation. Can I just say how weird Quebec is? It's illegal to pay someone for their semen, but it's perfectly legal to pay someone to accept my semen. You know how crazy that is, That's bro? That's wild, yeah. Well, I guess we know now that you can't finish. <laughs> it's so crazy. They right? flipped it on, on its head here. Oh, something I noticed I was going to talk about on Two Drink Minimum, and I forgot. Uh, I forgot to write it down. And I, it just came in my head. Algorithm. Remember Algorithm Pharma? Mm-hmm. So now they have a different name. All pharma All end up changing their name, right? Y- yeah. The, you you know which one I'm talking about, Poseidon, on uh, Beaumont? No. no. What's uh, it called, sorry? Algorithm Pharma. They Basically, they, they do tests on you. You go in, you oh, sign up I for various tests. I remember when I was young in high school, I had a, a buddy who was always trying to get in, like try, lie about his age. He was like, are you a non-smoker between these ages? And they would put these commercials. Oh, many people that were down on their luck would do it and be like, oh, I'll... Risk AIDS. Like, let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me get 700 bucks. Um, oh, yeah. Now it's called Alta Science. Anyways, I was, it, was not, it was past 6 o'clock. I was driving. I was going to the grocery store. And I saw inside on their, like, in the waiting room, I was just filled with immigrants. Nah. Filled with immigrants. Muslim immigrants just waiting. It's like, God damn, what do they tell these people? Like, they're, te- they're using them as test bunnies because they're new to the country. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's fucking this medical stuff. But it's not all placebos. Some people get the placebos. Other people get something serious, but they're just tricking. What do they pay? 
I, when I was young, some stuff was like seven hundred bucks. Some stuff was like eighteen hundred bucks for the weekend. They wanted to sleep. It, it listen, would, I, I get enough shit in my system that I'll kill off whatever they put in. Well, would, they, sometimes they don't even put anything in. That, those were the good tests. They just want them. If you're like a smoker or a non-smoker between these ages, we want to monitor your sleep. Stuff like that. I can do that. Those are those are fine, but most of it is pills, though. You know what I mean? I, it would be nice if you knew someone on the inside, and he you got a placebo every time. They wouldn't do it because it would fuck up the testing. You think yeah, because so? no one hundred percent it would fuck up the test. Yeah, because no pharmaceutical companies ever skewed numbers. No, they would, but not for Poseidon. They're like, <laughs> Poseidon needs five hundred bucks. Let's uh let's fuck up all this research for Poseidon. <laughs> if anything, they're gonna research you for real. Oh shit. Be like, what happens if we give this guy chlorine? <laughs> Imagine like he becomes really talented. With chlor that's all he's missing? Yeah. He's just to clean up his system with chlorine. God, All of a sudden, God. he's got this beautiful voice. He becomes this Greek singing sensation. He's the next, like, Yanni with talent. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Poseidon here with the sounds of the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Because he makes weird noises. By the way, that is, what Pacific Ocean do you swim in that that's the noise? That I, I don't know. I, just, I love saying Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean in my head sounds amazing. And then I like making uh, random animal noises. That was what, like a killer whale? I have no idea. I, just, I, I like going, oh, I love doing that. <laughs> it's so funny. And I do it to him before we start podcasting. I'm like, oh, I yell so he could. Is that like your so Twitch? Uh, no. Um, um, my Twitch is, uh, I think my Twitch is the N-word. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> That's like your Tourette's Twitch? That's what it is. You know, it's, uh, you're at a restaurant. You're trying to get service. <laughs> You're like, I need them to want me to pay and get out of here. There's only one way they're going to want me out of here quickly. <laughs> you and I are so different. Like, I go into a restaurant and I try to be, like, I'm, a, I'm on my best behavior. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want any special attention. I'm just like, yeah, I just want to, get, like, do you have the fish? Although, I don't want to mention the name of the restaurant. But it's known for its lunch specials. And I was taken there. Uh, as a thank you for doing uh, some work for this company. This is the McDonald's on Jean Talon? Uh, could be. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden I get there and there's a uh, chicken brochette special. And the waiter comes over and goes, uh, hi, uh, if anybody wants a chicken brochette, we're out. <laughs> I like that. What? How can you be... Out of the one thing that you're... Promoting. Bragging about, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't like I came in for the lunch special at like four. You know, the gentleman that I was having lunch with eats lunch at a regular hour. Like we yeah. met at 12.30. And they were already out of the bro. So yeah. what did they have, by the way? It was like fish. That's what I ended up having. W were, were you happy about that? Did you want fish? or No, that? but it was, it was a good choice. It was a good end. fish, yeah? Yeah. What kind of fish? Halibut. Fuck that is. It's some. Uh, it sounds like old people fish. It, well, I am an old person. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you could have said salmon. I know what that is. You know what? I don't eat salmon. Only because when I started like losing weight and stuff on purpose, um, I eat salmon like once a week. Oh, now the taste just. And now I just I'll eat it once or twice a year, but I I did I would eat it once a week. So now like it I really have to crave it, you know. I have yeah. to say like the last time I had some was because my brother made some on the grill. It was delicious, and he made his own like glaze, some lemon on there, you know. Uh, yeah, it was delicious. But other than that, no, I like the white fish. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to get canceled. Oh, he only likes the white fish. What are you trying to say about the dark fish? Yeah, what, what are you saying here? You know, what about the fish in the Pacific Ocean? You don't like them? You, there's no more canceling is what I found out. It doesn't exist. No? No, it doesn't really exist. Like, well, it depends. You have to pull a Cosby. You have to like go out there and start violating people. Because words, I, I, everything's gone so crazy. Nobody cares anymore. People are not getting canceled for... Uh, you saw what's happening like in Concordia. Teachers yelling kike at students. Yeah. If that's not canceling you and that's your job, uh, it doesn't matter. The people that will get mad at you... I've, I've been saying this to comics on the show when they come because they get nervous sometimes. The people that will get mad at something you say were not fans to begin with and they were never going to buy tickets to begin with. So they can complain all they want online, but they'll change nothing in terms of your career, because they were never going to come support you anyway. One, I never think about what I'm going to say. There you go. You know? But I also find this is interesting now. People get offended on behalf of other people. It's the best. You know, like, my favorite story uh, this summer, I went out with a buddy of mine who happens to be uh, Italian. Right? We went golfing. Mm -hmm. I love golf. Yeah. And we you went... love golf and mafiosos. Together, together. <laughs> I don't know how the second part got there, but okay. Um, anyway, we get paired up with two guys that I happen to know because we're playing at a course I usually go to. And because we know one another, there's a couple of ethnic jokes going on. You know, like I marked my ball, you know, with a toonie. Good. You know, and I was like, boys, it's the first time you're ever going to see, you know, like a Jew drop a quarter and, and not, you know, Pick, Pick it up, up yeah. yeah, you know, and all that garbage and whatever. Anyway, one of the guys said something, <laughs> and the Italian guy with me goes, listen, uh, bro, not for anything, but I'm a little offended on behalf of my Jew friend here. But did that guy go, like, all out? Like, you're no. like, it's the first time you see a Jew pig, and the guy's like, Hitler was right! Like, what did he say? No. Like, what? I don't even remember, but I literally was like, before we continue... I was said, it that bad, though? No. It was nothing. It was benign? I was, I was more offended that he referred to me as his Jew friend <laughs> than whatever the fucking thing that guy said to me. Like, at least if you're going to be offended on behalf of somebody... Could you double check, you know, that, he's like, bothered. That, that that person is actually mad about, like if somebody was like, hey man, do you want me to say something? Because are you offended? No, I'm not offended. Okay, I'm going to calm the hell down now. And if not, I'd be like, unleash the hounds. I love that it was benign too. You're just standing there. He's like, it whoa, whoa, whoa. The, it was probably the dumbest, you know, line in the, the world or like something like, well, you're the proof not all Jews are smart or something like that. Like, I know that. Yeah, I've been telling people for years. But, you know, I have report cards from Jew school that I, I can prove. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'll show you my graduating class. Everybody is more successful than me. And golf, too. He could have found so much funny. He could have been like, Joey, can you do something about this weather? But also. Like, he could have found so, like, such better jokes. But also for the rest of the day. That Italian guy, not a great golfer, fun guy to be around, great guy to be around. But we wrote him all day about how, listen, your dad was a gardener and here you are whacking the shit out of golf. You know, the grass is going further than the ball. It's like, oh, I don't know what you're doing, but you're letting your father down. <laughs> you know, it's like somewhere in heaven, there's a man with a single tear because you're shit at this game. You're destroying this course. And you know what? He wasn't offended. He laughed it off. That's what I mean. He was offended on behalf of my 
or what he thought I was offended by. That's why I, I don't think he was offended. I think he's like, my friend just got hurt, but you weren't hurt. It happens no, a lot. It, listen, we're in a business where if you don't have thick skin, get the fuck out now. Oh, no. You're going to get killed. No, no. You Now that you live in Park X, you understand what I, I went through growing up. We Dude, say find- way worse things to each other, people that like each other, than any enemy could ever tell me. So I, I could care less. It, it, nothing you could tell me even online is ever going to come close to what people that are supposed to care about me tell me. So my favorite moment about living in Park X was, you know, you start to meet a couple of the local boys. And you realize, wait a minute, this guy is one of the people that Pantelis was talking about in one of his early jokes. <laughs> you know? And now I'm sitting across from this fucking, like, yeah, nice moron. guy. Nice guy, but now in my head, he's the punchline. Right? So I'm trying to keep a straight face. If, you, if you've never seen Pantelis uh, do stand-up, <laughs> like, if you've only seen him on the podcast, everything... And everyone he mentions is true. I have seen them. I have met them. Most still live there. Yep. Yeah. And they all hang out at the same place I do. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but... Uh, but that must have been so funny for you to start hearing people talking. You're like, Jesus Christ, they weren't made up. These people exist. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I honestly thought when you referred to a place as the Kit Kat, like I, I expected some kind of New York underground, <laughs> you know, velvet covered uh, couches. It's a fucking dep. Yeah, it's a corner store that still sells hot dogs. I, do they still sell hot dogs? Oh, man, yeah. do they? That was the best uh, place to just grab a hot dog. And you could grab your depth stuff and a hot dog. You know what? It's a nice place to hang out sometimes. It used to be a very nice place to hang out. It might still be. I have no idea. It's a great place to hang huh. out because uh, you get the coffee in the back and everybody's friendly. Love they always that. got, uh, you know, uh, you would love it because they always have Greek soccer on. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, uh, well, I'm watching at home. You know? I mean, I don't go in when it's a serious game because I don't know enough about that league or you those teams. yelling at you? And these some of these old men... I mean, you sit there, you see them. They're gambling on it. You know, I don't want to interfere on that. Like, and they and they yell like they. Um, do you remember the problem well, at next doors was at one point? He's like, if you old men keep yelling, I'm gonna stop uh, playing the games for you guys because they were just going crazy. Like you're sitting there, like fuck you, no you fuck you, no you fuck you. And one time, I remember I walked in because I used to go watch my games there a lot, and I walked in. This was so funny. So there's like a, I guess there's a fan club of one of the teams here in Montreal. There's a you know, remember Pauk. Yeah. So there's a fan club of Pauk, I guess. And they had went there to watch the game. But for some reason, when they went there to watch the game of their team, they had brought their team's flag and they had put it like under the TV, this and that. Like Normally, when I go watch my team, I won't bring paraphernalia for public. I'll be wearing something, but I'm not going right. to wear it. So I walked in and I see that they're all there. And I look at the flag and I go, holy shit, when did this become a gay bar? Right. And they were so upset <laughs> that I thought like they would laugh or whatever. But then the guy who owned it at the time came to me. He's like, they're very mad. Like, one of those guys is losing his shit. And I'm like, so tell him to come tell me. He's, he's not mad enough to start shit with you. He goes, but he's he's visibly and he's telling everyone he is furious that you called him gay. <laughs> and I was like, well, why does he have that flag up? And then that just started even more. Like, people were getting very upset. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing what trigger people. Dude, it's the dumbest things. I think my, somebody asked me once, what triggers me? And I think what triggers me is people that have trigger words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen some shit in my life. I've been through shit in my life. But it's not like, you know, you say the word, you know, Kiwi, and I start to cry because you didn't know that my mother tragically died in a 
a car accident where, you know. Kiwis were involved. Where, you know, she was smothered by crates of kiwis when the fucking truck opened. And that, that you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know. It happens. Yeah. I don't, I didn't know. Not only I, I can't take words personally. Like, I, I honestly, I only care about like intent. I give I sounds that you're making with your mouth. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because there's like let's say fuck for example, right? In French, it means the seal. Yeah, that, they, they're meaningless. It's your the intent behind it. It's not the word that's gonna bother me. I, I want to know what you had like. I'll be offended if somebody's trying to kill me physically. Right. Not if someone's like I'll fucking kill you. I don't give a shit. Yeah, if I if I was offended every time somebody told me that they wanted to kill me or I'm going to kill you, Jeez, I wouldn't be able to do this job. Um, well, like I said, you got to have thick skin for two reasons: one, the words don't hurt, and two, if they actually go through with it, they'll have a hard time stabbing you. Yeah, oh, well, that's why I got thick skin. That's the only reason why I have uh, any type of a gut. I'm waiting for <laughs> a stabbing. Where it's like you missed every artery, but you helped me lose some weight. Thank you, dog. I think if I got stabbed, they would like, oh, you do have a spleen. Oh yeah. You know, like I think that they'd be doing a service. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not advocating like come stab me because I'm missing a spleen. <laughs> I know where all my arteries are. I'll let you know when I need a good stabbing. I have no idea where anything is. Me neither. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I. I mean, I knew by, you know, fifteen, that what I wanted to do, you weren't going to teach me in a regular school, so. In grade 10, when I somehow ended up in the science stream, you know, and I'm in chemistry and physics, you know, my teacher, great guy, who's also our basketball coach, Mr. Lochte. I loved when they had two jobs for teachers. Well, he was great because he was passionate about the sports. Like, he played goalie. Uh, I only reconnected with him years after I graduated uh sadly he like he got in touch with me as he was dying oh you know, shit. just to be like hey i just want why to, did you do this to me you know like uh i wish that was it <laughs> you know like he sent this like really nice letter but he was great and he was the one who said to me he's like listen I'll, I'll give you the pass but next year like maybe the arts more for you <laughs> you know and um yeah i mean i started writing stand-up when i was 15 Oh, you were uh, you were honed in. Yeah, I knew. I remember telling somebody at fifteen that that's what I was going to do. Must have been, I, because I, I, I think now the good thing is that you could kind of self-produce. That's the advantage of being a comic now. If you're good, you could kind of do things on your own. You don't need a club. You don't need to get past. But at the same time, there are so many comics and so much content out there. I feel like there was also an advantage to just be good back in the day. It's like a double-edged sword. You, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, now at least you don't have to depend on anyone, but at the same time, you're in a sea of other comics. Look, there's always the exception to the rule, you know, of somebody who was going to maybe make their, their big break was during, you know, COVID when we were all, you know, sitting in front of our stupid screens and trying to do our best. But there's something to be said about getting into the nitty-gritty. And by that, like... I was of the ilk that I had to do as many open mics, not in a week, but I had to do them in different cities. So from Montreal, I would go to Ottawa. In Ottawa, I would drive up to Sudbury. I remember driving to Sudbury to do a 10-minute guest spot and get $25. I went, I drove the seven hours, did the spot, 
watched the rest of the show, turned around and came home. I tell people now, comics, I talk about that, and they think it's because I tell you know yeah. when I was starting out like eleven years ago, I would, I would go to Kingston to, do, and then I had to work in the morning. I would yeah. have to drive back, and they and there's no money in it. They're just open mics. Why would you do that? And it's hard to explain to them. It it sounds like it doesn't help, but it helps a hundred percent. A different crowd, different sensibilities. You learn to adapt your stuff. Plus, different people see you. You like it, it's so it's different practice. You know, a hundred percent. Once you go there, no one's heard anything, so it's a clean slate. You can play like there's so there's so many reasons why you need to drive to different places and do shitty mics. And I loved the one nighters in the shitty dive bars. Like when I was starting out, screens on. Laval had all these little like. 40, 50 seat cafes that also had like licenses to sell beer. And somehow for about three or four years early in my career, the Italian community, I guess, thought I was Italian. Yeah. I thought when I first met you, you were Italian. You know, um, well, that's because I was doing the French Italian guy, right? That was one of the big no, things. I thought you were Italian. I don't know, Elias, Elias. It's just in my head, Joey. It wasn't my gardening skills. No, I no, really did no, think no, you were Italian no, no. for first early on, and then you you had said something. There was a joke, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's not Italian." Like, was, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, Where I was like, "By the way, yeah." Um, what was I saying now again? Oh, we were talking about the small cafes when you started. The Italians you, adopted listen, you. You got to get into these. You know, not like if I just played the same stage, even if it was once a week, you get very comfortable. Oh, yeah. And then I always thought too much comfort brings laziness because you just think, oh, it's okay. I'm very comfortable on that stage and I'll get up and I'll do my thing and it always works out. But there was a hard learning curve when, you know, you get to, uh, you know, Thunder Bay, and you realize, man, I write a lot of local stuff, you know, and they're like, who the fuck is Don McGowan? You know, they're and like, and in your head, like, I've been doing this now, what, a year? And in my head, I'm like, well, that kills in Montreal all the time. And you got to remember, okay, now, okay, so now you got to do some research. So then if I had a joke about like the low, I would always find out who the most popular local weather person was. Smart. John Rogers, who was one of my mentors early on, always said when I started going on the road, very simple thing. He goes, pick up the local newspaper now, you know, go online, whatever, walk around the downtown core where the businesses are. Even if it's not funny, talk about it for the first five minutes. Because now all the locals think, well, he gets it. They he took the time out of his schedule to come in early and walk around our little town. And now that kind of endears you to them, and now you can go a little further because now they're on your side. We have a mutual friend uh, who's very funny, but is very very. Every reference is almost local. So I remember we had this conversation once when I first started going to the states. He's like, do you think I can go to the States? And and I had said, you can't leave the island. <laughs> I told I go, you have to. And you know who I'm talking about. Very, very funny. Now uh, I started doing it in French because uh, I told him, if you're going to do these references, at least stay in Quebec. But I remember having a conversation. said, you can't leave the island because even Toronto, they will, Toronto will not laugh because every reference you have, sometimes they're so local, I won't even get them. I'll be like, what the fuck is that? Like, you have to kind of expand and generalize a bit. And uh, it was a like, not a point of content, but I remember for years the argument, he's like, no, I think I could. And then he had done a show 
a little bit further out and no one got it. Right. And I was like, huh? Yeah. You see? I mean, when I started, though, we had the Montreal show. So everybody had a little bit of local stuff that you would always throw in because if you were going to audition, and pretty much every Montreal comic got an audition for the Montreal show. There weren't that many at the time. No. And at the time, too, though, they ran, like, um, callbacks, right? So, like, the first showcase, there was, let's say, 15 people. Second showcase, they've already narrowed down, you know, some people, they're like, yep, so, like, John Rogers, they would see him once, be like, yeah, gala. Okay. You know, like, they didn't need to see him again. You know, David John McCarthy, all right, gala, bubbling, you know, they knew. But for, like, the newcomers, for myself and, uh, you know, uh, Barry Julian, uh, David Acker, uh, Martha Chavez, Barry, uh, you know, just other, uh, who was uh, Scotty Falconbridge, all those people, you know, we tried to get into that Montreal show. So we, we always had a little bit of the local stuff. And like I said, you can always change it. From the people that are alive, who's who's still doing stand-up from that crew from your generation there? Apart from you. Uh, Heidi, boss. Heidi, we didn't mention Heidi. Heidi, yeah. Acker. Still doing stand-up actively. Yeah, actively, I'm saying. Like, oh. not not dabbling. Oof. I mean, Barry's writing. John's writing. Uh, Scott, Falconbridge, still doing stand-up. And writing. Is Falconbridge doing stand-up? I thought he had stopped. No, he, he stopped for a while because he got this uh, kind of like TV deal. Okay, so that'll uh, stop. Yeah, you're not going to leave if you're writing. You know, yeah. so yeah, he was doing this whole project. Um, Sylvain Larocque. Oh, Sylvain, I see him a lot. Yeah. You know, so uh, the only guys really, I mean, DJ passed away. That was uh, brutal. Like, he was our leader, really. Especially for you. You you look at them a lot. You. Yeah, he was my mentor, you know, like John, you know, was here for the first, what, three years that I was in it and then moved to L.A. And then, you know, Deej was my drinking buddy, my golfing buddy, my, uh, you know, we talked football and hockey and everything. And um, it was just a good time. I mean, I'm not going to make a, you know, a connection, but I, I, you know, since his passing, I drink a lot less. That's funny. You know what I mean? So, someone's going to be offended about that. Uh, oh, for sure. No, I'm kidding. But no, no. We have we have a disclaimer. It says if you're an imbecile, this is for the, you. But the thing, you know, about the the group that I started with, um, and I know I'm I'm missing people. Like, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think in my head too, but I, I don't know your full group. I mean, uh, Jeff Rothpan, you know, uh, Rick Bronson. Didn't Rick Bronson? Isn't he the one who opened up comedy clubs after? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know a bit. Okay. Uh, who else? You know, the guys that were always around, uh, Jim Serino, I mean, he's, he's got to be in his 80s now, you know? Oh, that's different. So That's a good excuse to not do stand-up. Uh, Bowser and Blue were always around. Bowser and Blue, I saw them uh, right before, like a year before the pandemic, I think. Um, Sean Keen also passed away far too early. He was one of the... The people, like, I started going to see comedy when I was 15, and Sean was one of those guys that you were hoping to see every week that you went. He was so unique. If you want to have fun, look up Sean, S-E-A-N, Keen, K-E-A-N-E. 
There's not a lot out there on YouTube. There's enough, but man, he was so different, so unique. Um, just had his own style, his own vibe. So, you know, when I was watching as a 15-year-old, I thought this guy was the coolest thing in the world, man. Saying all the wrong things, making people laugh, but he had his own theme song. That's the best. You know, he would dress in this black suit with the thin black tie and the slick back hair. He was amazing. Uh, some of it is, uh, we forget about it, but there's there's something about the style that you're going to incorporate and bring onto the stage. It adds to it. it. It changes how people view you, like the confidence that you have on stage, how you dress, if you're consistent. Like that's, you know, that's the attire that I would expect Joey in. That's the... Like, if you'd go up dressed as a fucking clown, or, like, people would be like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. I'm used to a comfortable guy up there, like, like everyday Joe, right? Yeah. So it changes so much. It, it, but, you know, a lot of people don't think about it in the beginning. I, I learned early on, too, don't uh, write heavy, like, don't go with heavy writing because it'll take a couple of minutes for them to stop reading it automatically in their head. Um, and I do it sometimes, and, yeah. Well, especially when you only have, like, a seven-minute set. Yeah, by the time they get into it, because it's just automatic. Your brain does it. Your brain will start reading something. And then you're not paying attention, and then you lose them, and little little things. I I mean now it's it's become a thing. I wear a ball cap wherever I go. You know, I've always done that, but it's on stage now. And unless it's like a big charity event, I am that comfortable guy. I'm just gonna wear a hoodie and a pair of jeans, or you know, pair of like casual pants and a you know casual polo or whatever. I don't think people see, you know, pay to see me, you know, what I'm wearing. Yeah, they're not like, that's why I came. I, you know, once that box is checked, I'm out of here. Yeah. I mean, it, what kind of pants he's wearing. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm the fashion guru for you, you're in deep poo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I can tell you what hoodies. I can tell you what hats. Um, I can tell you what Steelers. Maybe some slacks. Yeah. Some uh, funky socks. I can tell you where to get those. That'll be a segment on Everyday Joe. How's Everyday Joe going? It's great. We're about to hit uh, 200 episodes. You, this is on Global? Global. How are they treating you? They're great. You know, they really, uh, they've given me so much leeway. Um, my boss over there, Karen, deserves a medal for putting up with, you know, my nonsense. Because I write, I write them all. I got to get them vetted to make sure that they're all copacetic for uh, television that I'm not offending any spawn. No, I'm kidding. But you write the idea or verbatim what you're going to say? I have to, I write out uh, the script and then I get that vetted. Okay. And then um, I'd say 95% of the time, uh, it's never what it is on the paper. Okay. That's what I would assume. You know, but I don't veer off too much. I've ad-libbed a couple here or there just because on the moment, you know, you're like, oh, this... I should say this because this is right behind me or something like that. So it airs Sunday night uh, at the news, uh, evening news, late news, and then again uh, Monday morning with the uh, the morning show there. Okay. And how, are the segments are how long? They're about two to two and a half minutes long. And uh, How many do you make? Uh, your, like how many do you guys pre-record and then you're ready to go? We do one a week. One a week. So yeah. it's that same one you recorded, then a few days later it's already uh, yeah. on the air. Yeah. Just so we keep it fresh. Yeah. Uh, I've had to record, uh, here's a little uh, inside scoop. I've had to record two uh, or three episodes even uh, a couple of times in over the, the span of almost four years just because I've gone away 
on uh, you know an extended road trip for uh, stand up holidays or uh, usually the holidays are off. But sometimes my cameraman uh, that I work with, David Sedell, who is a, a genius, you know, like he makes everything look good, you know. Um, sometimes he he gets hired through, you know, these, uh, what do you call them, like work conventions. You go look for jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Global sends him to represent, you know, Global and what they do. And uh, so some days we just, you know, we can't do it. So you just pre-record, which is normal. It's fine. Yeah, we try to keep it as uh, up-to-date as possible. So the new one that uh, won't be out until next week is um, its all about how every building is sponsored now. Like oh, yeah. all, all the venues have changed names, right? Yeah. Like the Corona Theater is now Beanfield. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't even know what Beanfield is. I mean, I'm assuming it's a coffee company. I mean, I, I like it. I, I, I have fun when I see, like, a podcast doing it. Like, I remember, what's his name? Ben Simmons. For like the, It's like um, FanDuel presents the Ben Simmons podcast. Yeah. Like, all, if you pay enough, I don't mind branding the podcast, but it's got to be worth it. Listen, if you're a gambler, FanDuel is, uh, you know, a good sponsor to have. Yeah, I mean, he talks sports. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I guess the weirdest thing would be if it, the sponsor makes no sense with the content. Like Victoria's Secret sponsors the Pentelis podcast. Like, that would be awesome. On? I'd love it, but it, people would be like, what's going on? Did What about, uh, so the radio, uh, you had a great run. You had the best uh, comedy show on the radio oh, or thanks. even comedy related, actually. You're still the better uh, show on the radio for years. And then, as we know, everything changed in Montreal Radio in English. Everyone either left or got fired and downsizing and the content kind of became shitty um what about i've been telling for years what about taking that and just turning it into a regular podcast you know more and more now i think just because i'm uh as i get older and as i listen to more podcasts of you know different you know the weird thing is i don't listen to a lot of comedy podcasts makes sense um and like if i'm one of those guys that if you want to talk about the art of comedy and writing and callbacks and how you can, you know, form a joke or a story. I'm your guy. If you want to sit there and talk to me about podcasts, I have no clue. You know, I listen to the Monday morning podcast with Bill Burr. Mm -hmm. Love him. And then, uh, I listen to the new Ben Roethlisberger podcast. I didn't know that big Ben has a podcast brother as a, Fellow Steeler fan, this guy is awesome. He's so brutally honest when he's talking about this team. About statutory rape. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, like seriously, he's like called out Kenny Pickett. He's called. Is out, he good on the mic? Yeah. Oh he's, shit! Okay. Like he doesn't hold back. He's like he's called out Canada, saying that the uh, entire nation. He's like, I like uh, that. He's like Byron Leftwich should be the next offensive coordinator. Get him in now before another team steals him. He's like. Uh, you know, oh, he doesn't hold back. It's great. And then the other one that is it I, weekly, yeah. And then uh, the other one that I listen to all the time is Alan Alda. And so a mix of this, I just want to kind of put all my ducks in a row now. And I've actually started doing this. Instead of talking about them, I'm actually doing it. Put. I just want to get ten guests to confirm with me. You know, and then do a season. Yeah. 
And But I want them to be from all walks of life. They don't necessarily have to be from Montreal. I'd like to promote good Canadian talent. I, I always try to. I always try to promote local talent. But I think there's, you know, bigger names out there that I'd like to get. There are way bigger names out there. You know, so. And I, I mean, I'm trying to be realistic. You know, it's like, yeah, would I love to be, you know, interviewing Barack Obama? Sure. That'd be great. That's a great way to start a podcast. Just ask, you know, David Letterman in Netflix. It's a great way, you know. That show sucks. You know, but, I mean, I mean, there's so many athletes I would love to sit uh, down athletes with. Athletes you can get. Athletes are easier to get. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough because I still dabble in the sports radio world. Um, and I was friends with so many of the former Montreal Canadiens of my generation. I was very lucky to know them, and I still keep in touch with some of them. They'll come on. Uh, athletes are good for that. Yeah, and I mean, they always want to tell their story to, you know, their the the city where, like, because I'm based in Montreal, I'm not saying it's going to be Montreal heavy, but if you went out and you got somebody that was a fan favorite, like, uh, we'll throw at Sacre-Coin, Montreal captain, great in the community, you know, I think that people from everywhere, that were Saku fans, whether it was here, Anaheim, or... Finland. Finland, you know. Um, anybody who has benefited from uh, the donation that he made to the Montreal General in terms of cancer, they would want to hear this. Yeah. I want to talk to him. Because I find him to be a very fascinating individual. You know who I want to hear from? Chris Chelios. Man, that is a good interview if yeah. you get that. I should, you know, I should read. Poseidon, can you start working on that? Let's wor work on getting yep. Chris Chelios, even if it's remote. He's a fellow Greek guy like yeah. yourself. And he's a lunatic. That's why I love him. I, I've heard, growing up, I heard so many good Chris Chelios stories. Well, you know, during the playoffs, ESPN had him on the panel, and he was fantastic. You know what I mean? Because, again, played as long as he did. You don't, you know, become that kind of athlete and play that long because... You're going to lose speed, so you got to be smart. you got to know exactly where to be and play. Like, that guy obviously He's made so the right. So tough. Oh, I remember him hitting people and just getting clobbered and being like, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that was also back in the day where, you know, I mean, I was at games where bench-clearing brawls were happening. What do you think of that guy that got his throat slit? Oh, I didn't see the video. I only saw up until the blade was hitting, and then I said, you know what, I I know what's going to happen, yeah. so I don't need to watch the rest. Yeah, I didn't look for the video. I didn't need oh, to see it. Oh, it popped up in my feed. Um, Twitter, baby. But I, I'm old enough to remember Clint Malarchuk. Was that the goalie? Yeah. When he was scrambling around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they saved him. They did, because yeah. he, if you, you know, you can look this up, because nobody died, thankfully. Um, and not to promote another podcast, but Chris Nyland, the Knuckles podcast. I like Chris Nyland. Promote it all you want. Yeah, Knuckles just had Clint Malarchuk on as a guest. Oh, shit. Very nice. And after, of course, after uh, Adam. Uh, not, was it Adam Johnson? Uh, it was something Johnson. Um, but, I mean, again, I understand, like, all these professionals think that they're invincible because they're at a certain level. But they did the same thing with helmets they did the same thing for goalies and neck protectors after clint malarchuk also that puck man if that puck if somebody takes a slap shot trent and just McCleary. hits you right in the neck trent mccleary done right from the montreal canadians he took a shot right in right in the esophagus 
not on. I mean, he wasn't trying to block it with his esophagus. That's super and dangerous. And if he was, good job. Uh, you, you made it. Literally, he had to like, he was gasping for air, skated himself to the bench, and by then, now retired Dr. Mulder was waiting for him, and they had to give him a tracheotomy on the spot. What's a tracheotomy? Sorry. Uh, basically, they make a hole like right they stab there. stab right there. Damn. So that you can, air could come out. Yeah. Oh. Because they crushed his larynx or something like that. Are you, you think, right now, the neck protectors, I think they're doable because with the technology that they have now, it could just be part of the undershirt and it comes up here. It doesn't need to be something that's dangling. The other thing I never understood was, remember that one year, maybe? I'm saying for the blades. Yeah, but yeah. even like, it was maybe about 10, 10, I'm going to say 10, 15 years ago. There was a slew of NHLers that had their Achilles sliced in the corner by skates. And then there was a company that came out and were making socks, hockey socks, that the blade could not cut through. And I thought, well, every team should just get this. Yeah. And it, I, I haven't heard anything about it in a long time. And I thought, well, what's the problem? And again, you had people that didn't want visors. They're all wearing visors now. After the Brian Berard lose your eye, you know. I mean, it's a sport where even I, I play ball hockey on Saturdays. I can't see, like some people wear just the little safety goggles and like a hit in the face. I wear a full uh, visor, like the helmet covers everything. It's my job, right? It's my face. Yeah. And even if it's not, let's say you're, you're playing in that league and you're a doctor. Someone hits you with a fucking stick, takes your eye. It's so stupid. Just wear the full fucking thing. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't see the problem. No, I, don't, I don't see what you gain. You know, nobody's there to see us. Our hair flow as we run down the right wing. Nobody, Even though that was cool. It was, man. Yeah, but then it got too dangerous. You know? But Guy Lafleur had that hair, man. Like, some people were just blessed with hair. Because you know he did wear a helmet when he first came up. I think he wore a helmet for about under 10 games. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's actually pictures of him with a helmet. And then he said, fuck it. And then he was like, you know what? I don't like it. I'm I not like these pussies. I don't feel. No, he just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. It, it was when I was growing up, I didn't have uh, hockey gloves. So it took me a while to get used to wearing gonks. Yeah, I couldn't hold the stick properly. Right. Fuck, how do you guys play with these? And then now I can't play without them. Well, again, I, and, and even the, uh, you know, like even my friends that used to play in the NHL, they used to have their gloves custom fit and they would especially the fighters back in the day they were lower they would cut them shorter so that if they got into the fight it was easier to get them off but that's very dangerous when the blade's coming at you not even the blade slashes yeah uh, you know so i mean i only played goalie once in my life in uh, ice hockey was it terrifying yeah because all i was worried about was um you know, when you would go down to make a save, all of a sudden there was like a little space 
between the bottom of your pant and the beginning of the pad. And you're like, yeah. I have the shittiest luck. I am that's what's gonna, gonna hit get me. fucking drilled there. You know, and that's what normally happens. Like when I get hit, when I'm trying to block shots, I get hit where there's no fucking padding. Yeah, it's always the way. I remember playing ball hockey with just for laughs, and I went to block a shot by Freddie James. I'll just say the name. I still remember. Yeah, he he injured my wrist a few, uh, I think, two months ago. Still, eh? so he's yeah. a goon. Yeah, he's a, he's, he slashed me uh, out of the play. His things cut down. Eh? He's yeah, he gone. Like, drop him. He's yeah. a filthy player. <laughs> I love Freddie, but Freddie wound up, and I did the. I'm going to turn around and block it because I'm going to, if I just, you know, lay myself out there, I saw, I envisioned my testicles rolling in different ways. <laughs> I took it in the back of the knee. Ah. And, you know, it stung. Like right the, where, where the fold is? Yeah. Oh. I think I appreciate the singular fold. <laughs> where uh, the folds are, sir. You know, uh, maybe uh. back in the day, you know. I woke up the next morning. I was, uh, I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And I said, I don't know what I did, but I can't bend my knee. It's all bruised up. And she was like, what? I was like, I can't bruise my knee. And I stood up and I, you know, dropped trowel. And the front looked fine. And then she turned around and went, oh my God. Purple, it was, yellow, whatever. She took a, uh, like a picture of it. And I was like, I think we're going to amputate my leg. <laughs> Like it looked like it was just from being held together with blue duct tape. That's exactly what it looked like. It was terrifying. And, uh, you know, I call my cousin, he's a doctor and I send him the picture and he's like, Jesus Christ. You know, like he was like, what the fuck did you do? And I told him, he's like, all right, just ice for now. Ice and like Advil, you know? And thankfully the swelling went down and the color came back, but he said, like, if it doesn't go down in, like, you know, two days, then you probably broke something inside. Oh, yeah, busted. One time, uh, I think it was a blood vessel that got busted, so I thought it was worse, but there's not much you can do. I will say <clears throat> most comics don't do well with uh, health issues. Oh, yeah. Right? We all have had a major health scare in our life, even though it's just been a hangnail. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tough. It's just that because of... Like, I don't take anything serious. Sometimes it gets to the level where it's like, what do you do? Go to the fucking hospital. And then that's when it gets bad. It's like, why would you not come to the hospital? Like, I thought it was normal. Yeah. I, I didn't take things seriously until, you know, literally my doctor. The heart. Well, my doctor said, like, uh, you're morbidly obese. You know, and I was in my early 30s. Like, like, what is this? What are you fucking, was a roast? You know, I, I literally said, he goes, uh, you know, and I, I did this as a joke, but it's true. He goes, uh, you're morbidly obese. And Your I go, mother's a whore. <laughs> he just gets mad. <laughs> no, I, I just said to him, I go, you're fucking ugly. Yeah, there you go. You know, and I said, look, I don't need the extra adjective. I understand what obese means. The yeah. same way you understand what ugly is. You is there a difference between morbidly, is that why they say it, or they just want to fuck with you? I don't Well, I was. No, but is there a reason? Like, yeah, because you, you probably, you know. Closer to death? Yeah. You're probably killing off uh, oxygen to your brain. And Defining stuff. obesity. Okay. Uh, individually, individuals are usually considered morbidly obese if their weight is more than 80 to 100 pounds above their ideal body weight. Hold on, stop. Yeah. Their ideal body weight, that's stupid. So it's what, my, what I would like to be? No, 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 no. No, that's uh, according to that stupid BMI thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you pass. What should I weigh? Uh, well, you? Your height Six and everything? Two. 
this is where it's all wrong because six two, it's going to tell you you should be. I'm going to guess 180, 190. Yeah, and I think you can be two ten and be fine. I'm two twenty right, two seventeen right now. So you see, I'm considered obese. I'm still considered obese, and I lost over two hundred well, pounds in my life. What does it say for you? What is that? A woman? No, this is just the BMI. Ignore that. No, but the, the BMI is different for women and men. No, no. You're. It's a. No, what do you mean? No. A woman of 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 my age and height shouldn't weigh the same as me. First of all, that'd be terrifying. No, but the yeah. BMI is the same for for men and. Oh, hold on. You know what I mean, Poseidon? Because when I was when I was uh, three hundred and thirty pounds, I, my BMI was like how much? No, that's morbidly obese. Ah, I was, come on! That's, that's I was more. I was more believable too, because that's clearly over a hundred pounds of what I am now. Yeah. Well, my BMI. Right, listen, I must have been because I was two hundred and forty pounds heavier than I am now. Jesus Christ! You Wait, know? how much did you weigh? Four ninety eight of my heaviest. Don't lie. Four ninety eight. You were five hundred pounds. How is that even fucking possible? I, I never made what? it to five. That's I'm, like the big I'm show. A quitter. How much were you? What? Sorry, four ninety eight. There's no way. When? What? Where? What? How? What? That's a that's a big number, doggy. How are you still walking? Well, uh, thankfully, I had a doctor that told me I was morbidly obese, and I went to... That's when I started taking things a little bit more seriously. I mean, I didn't stop drinking completely. I just stopped drinking as much as I used to. Could you isolate, like, was it obvious what was making you fat? You're like, it's, I don't know, I eat fucking pizza every day, or it's, I drink every day, it's the sugar. Like, did yeah. you guys isolate and figure out what it was? Yeah, we were, like, you know, the, the group of people that I mentioned that I started with, so open mic night was Wednesday night. Mm. And to get on to open mic night, by the way, you had to audition just to put it out there. <sighs> so if you're an, a newcomer to the business and you're like, oh, I didn't get on to this open. Shut the fuck up. You think that's bad? I have people who get mad. They've been doing comedy for fucking six months and they're mad that they're not at the bordel. Or headlining, right? Uh, headlining, they haven't come to me with that, but they'll mad like, "How come I don't get? How come you're not booking me at the bordel?" I'll and tell like, you, I'll see a four minutes that you've done you know that you're you an open mic. What the fuck? You know, you get booked at the bordel for an hour. Yeah, you wear the hat when it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah right. Promote. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pandering bear. I have toques from them too. I like uh, shirts too. I like the because it's so simple. It's black and white. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, but for it, comics. But so even if we weren't on. The Wednesday or the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or something. You were together drinking. We were always at the show. And we were always encouraging the other individuals who were on the show. Good. Whether we were on the show or not. If you were on the show, you start drinking afterwards. If you were just there to have fun, you started an hour before showtime. Well, but, what were you drinking? Maple syrup? Oh, back in the day, what weren't we drinking? I mean, it was, uh, you know, you, it depended on what bar we went to afterwards. But it can't be that easy to get to, like, 500 pounds. So it's easy that when takes work. every night you're drinking beer, you know, but with the beer, comp, and like I said, depending on which bartender you were at, you were doing Sambuca shots. Mm, and that's then, all sugar. Right, and then uh, DJ, uh, you know, he liked the Drambuie shots, and then sometimes, which is basically a, a very sweet uh, yeah. whiskey. It's made with, like, a honey and, a, and sugar together. Um, you know, if we would get shit-faced, uh, you knew if anybody ever saw Deej and I back in the day, uh, if we were ever sharing... Uh, a pitcher of Long Island iced tea. That's when you knew we were foobar. Yeah. 
So it just added, like, your weight slowly started to fluctuate. It took years to get there. Yeah, it took a while. Um, but then what that leads to is, you know, and you got to know people that, you know, ran the bars or owned the bars. So closing time didn't mean much to the, you know, the new VIPs. Uh, you know, I remember one bar, they were just kind of, they had big front windows, right? But they had a bar behind a wall into the corner. So they would say, move away from the windows. So they would be like, all right, last call. And, and as they said, last call, the bouncer or the owner would come over to us and say, okay, listen, everybody's paying up. Just go sit at that bar. Don't worry about it. And you'd get out of there at like five, six in the morning. There was one night, I remember it was a weekday, and we were shit-faced. There was three of us, and we walked into a diner at like 4.30 in the morning, and we ran into the show morning show having breakfast before they were going to work. That's amazing. You know what I mean? And they were like, how you guys doing? And, there we, and then we were... I, we tried to convince them to let us come in to the That studio. would have been amazing, just hammered? Yeah, and then I think uh, it was Terry and Ted. I don't oh, know. it was Terry and Ted. Ah. And Patty. Terry, uh, it, we, we ran into Terry and Patty. Ted wasn't at the diner. I don't even know if they even know that we tried to con convince Terry to let us on. They may. You know, Terry was just so polite about it. Terry's always polite. He's, yeah, you know. Ted, Ted I, uh, the reason why I get along with Ted is because he's, uh, he's like me. He's just right out there. I that's what got that. him That's what got him out of the industry for a while, too. You Couldn't know. keep his fucking mouth shut. He's like me. Yeah, but it, it's admirable, right? Yeah, that's why I like him. You know, there are moments where I get mad at myself because I do, you know, I'll sit in a meeting in the corporate world, and I, you know, I don't open my mouth up. But in real life, I do, you know. I open my mouth up to people on the fucking bus that are racist. Like I, I watched a woman call a bus driver names like, and the bus driver gets off. What kind of names? Oh, racist names. Oh, it was my mom. Right. <laughs> anyway, she's like you. She'll, she'll go crazy. It, it's nothing to do with her. She's in the back. She sees some kind of injustice. <sighs> God damn. You know, he knows how my mom is. It, it, you, you, it's the devil. The second she sees an injustice, She's like, what are you doing? No, I, no, no. I don't Which know. Which is dangerous because she's an old lady now. But yeah. But she can't, she's, she can't keep it. I don't know what it is about just, it's like blatant racism. Like this woman just got on the bus, you know, didn't even attempt to pay or swipe her opus or Okay, whatever. that was his mom. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> and the bus driver was like, oh, madame, madame. And then she starts in with, the, you know. So he gets off the bus. He just gives up. He's like, I don't He's work like, here anymore. No, he said, I'm not, I should try by, you know, until you get off the bus, I'm not working. I don't like that shit either. Either throw her off or bring everyone. You know, you know anyway, now she's standing. She's still yelling and screaming. Everybody's like, oh, they're on their phones, you know, texting their parents about, I'm going to be late. And I just pipe up. I was like, hey, madame. And I pulled out my uh, phone. And because I do take public transport, I have that app. And I say to her, I go, look, the same bus is going to be here in seven minutes. Get off the bus. You're holding everybody hostage. Just get the fuck off. She starts yelling and screaming at me, her son. Who's oh, she her. had people with her. Yeah, he starts in. He stands right in my face. And again, 
maybe 20 years ago, 10, five years ago, you know, I probably would have stood up and headbutted that kid. But now cooler heads prevailed. You know, uh, and now just because I'm like, you know what, who's going to benefit from this? Me? No, because fuckhead here is going to call the cops. Yeah. And then nobody who didn't open up their mouth to racist lady. So she, uh, this is what shocks me is, is this was like a, it was not even race related. No. It was about her not wanting to pay. Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? This is my chance. Yeah. Yeah. She was waiting that whole time just to spew it, but whatever. Good for her. She got her, uh, her, her true feelings heard. That's so weird. I just wanted to get home, you know, like I had just finished, I think a shift at the radio station. I was tired, you know, I was cranky. I hadn't eaten yet. My sugars were low. And this fucking crazy lady, I was like, "Come on, lady, I got an NCIS episode." I want. Yeah, to my mom keeps doing that. She keeps like whether it's either she's the one who talks, and she's a little lady, so I, I always I'm always nervous. But she can't stand it. Even um, one time she got into a whole thing with uh, a pregnant woman. Like they like the pregnant woman didn't have a seat, and the young kid wasn't. It was like the typical young guy not getting up, just staring at her. And then she she's like, get, get, she's like, get up. Get up right now. You don't see the... Like, she was just going fucking crazy. Well, someone's got to teach that kid some respect, though. 100%, but I'm not the, there. So th- what I'm worried about is that one day... You know, like the you know, the woman you just described? Yeah. That's a crazy person. Yes. So if, if my mom, if it's a crazy person, they might attack her. You know what I mean? Like, that's what always worries me, but you can't stop her. She's her. She feels, she senses injustice in the Matrix. Fucking caution to the wind. You you never want to send her for coffee with me then. Oh, she'll go crazy. We're, we're the Avengers. You understand, she'll and there's zero filter. Oh, I've never met your mom, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we've connected and bonded already. Yeah, she said stuff on on the bus once. The bus driver was laughing because uh, th- they started to get to know her. So then people that would know me would be like, "I got your mom." This and that. Like if she her, if she would hurt, hear something like that, like let's say a racist thing, she's the first one to be like, "Shut up! You're in Canada. Shut the fuck up! If you don't like different, go somewhere else. If you don't like different people, if this is what's bothering, shut." And she'll say it, and people are like, "She's right," but you know, why are you yelling at a? Clearly a, a crazy Like that's the yeah. kind of person she is. She's like well you're in Canada You're gonna see all kinds Of different fucking people This isn't the place To say this Like she's that kind of a She won't shut the fuck up Can I bring her to Quebec City then <laughs> she, Right outside the She'd uh, like to go to a trip No you know what I mean Right outside the, uh, the Parliament It's for her to say that stuff Yeah, yeah She's um, She's feisty I Gotta be My grandmother Who was 90 uh, 6 96 or 97 I don't remember But I remember like When she was 89 Before you know Everything kind of went haywire. Uh, we were at, I don't know which grocery chain, whatever. And one of the ladies cut in line. And my grandmother with her cane at like 89 years old just gave the woman like right in the back of the Achilles wow. a fucking whack. What are you doing? And I thought, oh my God, my grandmother just sliced this woman's Achilles tendon. <laughs> like, I'm, like, this is my plan. Like my plan to get my grandmother out of there was literally... Push her into the fucking shopping cart and just go. You know what it is? I think I know what it is. Like I know my I think it's it's these are people that have seen real life and been through so much. Yeah. Like why would I accept your nonsense? That's what it is. I think it's just I've seen so much. I've done get the fuck out. I'm gonna let you get away with get the fuck out of here. That's what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, even, you know, us, in, look yeah. at our industry, what we, how I started compared to how you started and how people are starting now compared to how you started. It's like, you know, I don't have to tell you, if somebody doesn't get booked for three weeks, all of a sudden they open up their own 
their own open mic and and they're headlining every second. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like, this is the vengeance mic. Yeah, Spite Club. Yeah, I like Spite Club. It's fucking hilarious. I uh, speaking of um, like just having experience. So on the French cast yesterday, one of my guests, super nice guy, uh, Derek, he was there. I I did a set. Uh, it was a headlining set. It was a it was supposed to be like forty minutes. Um, complete bomb it's just it never clicked with the audience from the beginning to end no one believes they think I'm exaggerating but he was here to prove like I even asked okay. him he goes no 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 I was there I was hosting he never had like they hated it he said something that was sarcastic but I guess they didn't take it he goes as sarcasm and the whole night was ruined so it was 40 minutes of bombing right bad bombing people getting up walking out all that stuff but I kept it together I was like you know I'm a, they paid me I'm a pro I never looked nervous even though it was like yo this is silence how is this guy not affected by it and he said, he's like, dude, that was like the thing that shows like experience. Yeah. You know? He came 15 minutes in, 18 minutes in, he came to stand next to the stage because he's like, there's no way he's going to want to leave. But he's like, dude, I was watching and I was like, how the fuck? He goes, is he keeping it together? This is fucking crazy. Like normally you'd be like, uh, uh, you were like, no, nah, I'm just, you were full into the character. You're doing your thing or whatever. Like you're like, no, nah, fuck you people. Yeah. You're not winning. <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's the best. I remember, you know, not having great sets. Especially when you start off. What are you going to do, run away? You know, and I, I remember, I'm like, okay, I'm like four minutes in and I got like another fucking 12. <laughs> and you're like, well, I'm just going to eat it because yeah. I don't, I never wanted to be that person that two jokes in bailed. We have a mutual acquaintance, which I'll name after the show. You, you're going to guess who it is. Years ago, had booked, me used to book a lot of shit shows. Booked me somewhere that I didn't want to do, but then I did as a favor, and then I was like, ah, what am I doing? And then I even told Michael, this is going to suck. This is, you, you basically, they paid us. It was a club, a nightclub, but it wasn't open. It was just for like a birthday party for someone. Oh, God. And That sounds horrible. It was it was, it was was awful. But I, and, and he's like, no, don't worry, I'm going to host. I'm going to go do 20 minutes. They're going to get into it. I was like, dude, they don't even want us. Like, they're going to get mad when you stop everything to talk because they're just having a good time. So he goes, like, I'm going to do 20 minutes or whatever. Dude, barely did seven and almost ran off the stage. Like, all right, here's Pantel. I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I was the young one. He was the older one, right? So then I went, I did my time, like, uh, and I just started yelling at the crowd. I go, it's this guy's birthday. Like, I know you don't want me here, but the guy paid for us. It's his fucking birthday. Yeah. Do him a solid. Come around, sit, enjoy the fucking night. The guy wanted me to be here. That's why he fucking paid. And then you know, they started to rally, but it still sucked. People did not want to be there. It was horrible. But that fucking guy who booked it, he's like, don't worry, I got this 20 minutes. I've been doing this a while. You're going to say I'm going to win them over. Barely seven. I think he's like a five something. He's like, Ugh, and he was panicking. He's like, ah, ah, ah. He's like <laughs> he just yeah. fucked right up. No, that, that wouldn't fly. Man. I was so pissed. I go, you son of a bitch. What are you doing? We Back in the day, that guy would have had to buy us like a lot of drinks. You know, for making us all work harder. I was rough. You know, but what I you mean? you get you do sets like that. All all it does is it shapes you. That's why I tell you, don't be scared, young comics. Shit rooms, or especially if you're young, you have to do the shit rooms. You have to do the empty rooms. You have to do the rooms where there's just comedians oh. and you're just testing. I still go to open mics. Like Sundays, I'm at the third floor. Sometimes I'll go for three minutes to talk. Just oh, there's this idea that came in my head. Sometimes I'll it's a three minute set, but I'll be there for fifteen, just right. fucking around on something. It's just you have to practice. And sometimes there's it's just comics. Sometimes there's two people. It's it's a, it's a Sunday night open mic. Right. But I still do it. Yeah. I mean, I still go to some open mics here yeah. and there. You, you got to learn. You're never too old to learn something. If you think you know it all in this business, I don't care how long you're in it, you're gonna learn something new every day. The if you give a shit. The fear of bombing is what I try to get off people. I go, this is so normal. 
and sometimes you can't even control like sometimes you know you go in there's two people that don't give a fuck obviously it's gonna be a bomb but sometimes there's a full audience they're excited you, you're in there you're you're like oh, i'm hot i'm gonna do this and you still bomb those are the best where you have to adapt on the fly you're like i don't know what am i doing wrong you need those because then later on nothing will phase you you'll be able to adapt quicker if you've never faced a serious bomb where you don't know where it's coming from if you've never faced a serious bomb you know you're uh, you're a great the best comic I've ever seen. I've never heard of anyone not bombing though. But um bombing is so lonely, man. Oh yeah. It is the worst. And there are occasions where I don't even know the comic, you know, uh, on stage and they're bombing and it hurts. Always, I I get embarrassed by association. So for me, if I, I'm seeing it happen, I'm I, I in my head, I'm you, and I'm just dying. But on the on the flip side, I've been in green rooms where I've gone on later in the show or last, and people have come into the green room and we've been like, "Hey, how's the show?" And they're like, "Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. There's an awful crowd." And you don't want to say like, "Well, I've never seen you be funny. Why is tonight the night?" You know. And then somebody else comes in and goes, "Yeah, they're not great." And then I'll go out. And I have a good set, and I'll be, and somebody will be like, "How were they?" I'm like, "Ah, I heard they were awful, but they're really good." I, I and then I love watching the faces of the people that said that they were so bad, kind of cha- like, "Oh, maybe I do have to blame myself." I, I did it to one of our mutual friends at the Nest one time years ago, where uh, this person, I, 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 I don't want to give too much away, but I'll tell you, uh, but. Essentially, it was the crowd, the crowd, and I was like, it doesn't feel like it's the crowd. And then I went on, and it was the opposite. It went yeah. great. And then the first thing I said when I, I, I said their name, and I go, huh, I don't think it's them. <laughs> and it was just silence in yeah. the green room. But sometimes you got to, you know what? That's a good silence because you got to put some of these people on blast sometimes. And you knew, like, because I, I was hearing the jokes, I was like, Man, this isn't good. Like, I knew it wasn't, it couldn't have just been the audience. So then I went on and Well, was- you got to read the room. Like, I, I, there's sometimes, like, I watch some of the new guys come out. And I get it. Sometimes you only have five minutes, whatever. But there's people that I've seen, you know, on the scene for two, three years that I know have more than just seven minutes. And, you know, you get into a room and it's maybe a little bit older than you thought. Like, maybe you get hired for, a, a, you know, an office party. Mm. You know, and you walk in, you think, well, everybody should be in their 40s. 30s 40s but they're young kids or you walk in and like holy fuck they're all in their 50s 60s maybe their 70s do you think they know and want to hear seven minutes about your fucking tiktok no no i'm 51 i don't give a shit about your tiktok if they're older right away you gotta start talking about how these immigrants are stealing our jobs (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like maybe that's what i'm gonna do at all my office parties how funny would that be and then someone in the back's like yeah and you're like, God damn, you're supposed to agree. Well, except, that, <laughs> except that's the boss. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you're like, you're not supposed to agree, sir. You're not supposed to agree. I'm going somewhere with this. You know, and then, uh, no, but uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, 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 I think if you're not critical of yourself, and you don't take like a good, hard, honest look at yourself, you're not, like how far can you go with just constantly surrounding yourself with yes people? It's so fun to make fun of yourself. Dude, it's the best. It's the best, like, uh, you know, best icebreaker in the world is you just make fun of yourself about the way you look, the way you're acting, your voice, whatever. As soon as people know that you can take a joke about yourself, now everything's open. Yeah. Game on, you know? So. 
And oh, be, before we go, um, I follow you everywhere. Yeah, but you're mostly, but I, I, I follow. I started following you mostly for Twitter. Yeah, but Instagram. Are you ever active on Instagram? Sometimes. It's very rare. rare yeah, yeah. I'll rare. get going on that. I like Twitter though. That's my favorite place to follow people because that's where everyone that I know, like comics, they'll write the funniest stuff, or I'll get their opinion on something. I'll get a good. Uh, oh, I, honestly, right now, some of the opinions from comics are just. Uh, you know, it's an interesting time we're living in right now, and I think everybody needs a laugh. We didn't talk about it, but I'm ups- I, I, I mentioned online, I am upset when comics are like, I got to take a stand. I'm taking a side on this. Don't take a side. Don't take a side. It's so. If you want to be a comic, you have to be able to shit on everyone. And the second you take a side, now you just locked yourself in. And you're like, ah, I can't criticize that. Yeah. No, no, it's way easier to be distant and criticize everything. That's why I like what uh, Danny Polishchuk is doing. Uh, I don't know if you know Danny. Sure. The, oh, Danny's fucking hilarious. And uh, what he's doing now, because it's crazy what's happening with Gaza and Israel, is he's just making fun of everyone that you could make fun of. Sure. He doesn't give a shit. He He's Jewish, but if, if it's a funny thing that an Israeli did or a funny thing, he'll make fun of all. That's, that's what I like. Again, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? Exactly. Right? But in general, it's fucking people have, unless it's something serious, like um, in your personal that you have no other choice, like if it's your wife or, you know, you have to take that stand. In general, try to fucking be objective about shit. Look, I'm like, that's good. That's bad. That's good. That's bad. I uh, look. I, take your heels I, in. I've been asked what I think, and I tell people that I, I haven't been informed enough on both sides. Yeah, I don't to, want people dying. That's 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 you what, know I, what I mean. Like to make a proper. I, I that's what. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see anybody die on any side. But in order, if you were waiting for me to pick a side, I can't because I don't have enough information to properly inform myself about what both sides are thinking and why they're doing what they're doing. I can't make a decision. I can't even give you an opinion because I don't have enough information. If geopolitical experts are like, well, well, they're not 100% sure on everything, who the fuck is the comedian? Right. I mean, we do lead some countries into war now. (laughs) Oh, the Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, he had a funny video. He's like, because people are like, yeah, we're going to stop giving you money. Because I think last week he came out and they said, because uh, I, I think what's happening now with Palestine and Israel, people are like, all right, we got to stop having all these fucking wars. So they said, look, we got to make a bridge to peace with Russia. We got to figure shit out. And then he's like, no fucking peace. He said, I don't want any peace. He's like, all right, well, if you don't want peace, you're also not getting our money. So a lot of countries are like, we can't give you money. So he came in the other thing. He's like, if you don't want to give me money, at least, at least give us some credit. And we'll pay you back after the war. And be like, what does that even mean? Like, bro, work. You can't First tell people, all, I want no peace. Give me money. But here, here, you want credit? You've done well so far. <laughs> There's your credit. There's your credit. <laughs> you know, nobody thought you were going to last this long in the war. Uh, fucking amazing. Yeah, hey, yeah. Good for you. There's yeah. the credit. What credit are you fucking going to give you right now? Nothing works in your country, bro. Yeah, plus it's the wrong time when people are starting to see videos of, of violence and death. And they're like, oh, man, I think we're human beings are terrible. We have to start talking about peace it's the wrong time for a leader to yell no peace it's the wrong fucking time to yell no peace i just want people to understand one thing before you yell at another human think about your beloved pet and if you found out that your pet did something heinous would you yell and treat your pet the way you were going to treat another human being just take that into consideration for a second fuck that's an interesting i know i get deep but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bullshit i smoked a little mary jane before the podcast so i get deep sometimes like you're saying let's say my little dog 
I find out she ate a baby. Yeah. Depends. Like what? What kind of baby? Like a human baby? Like a human baby. Okay. Or like if it was a baby, like mouse. Be no, like, like a human be baby. Right. And then I'd be like, well, well, look, in that case, I mean, the act is, you know, a child is dead, but there's no way my dog knew that it was taking the life of a child. It's just a, so yeah, it wouldn't be as, I'd be like, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Why would my dog eat a baby? It doesn't have teeth. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, the skin's so soft. Let's say my dog uh, robbed a liquor store. As long as it robbed the right stuff, I'm not never going to punish that. I mean, I wouldn't yell. I'd be like, "What are you doing, robbing the liquor store?" I'd be like, "Why did you? How did you get involved in street gangs?" I would have been like, "You know me for how long? And you bring home rum, you dumb fucking puppy." <laughs> yeah, you're an abusive parent. You know. Oh, before we go, who likes vodka? Daddy does. Guess who's not getting fucking dinner tonight? The dumb pup. The dumb. I, I went through a, down a rabbit hole last night. Oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I got into it, but I was looking at Montreal. I want to see Montreal rap videos. Oh no! Am oh. I in one? No. Someone okay. said I'm in one. I, oh, that's how it happened. What? Someone, two drink minimum, uh, commented and said, uh, "I just saw Pantels in a rap video," and I was like, well, "I never did a rap video." So then I was looking at Montreal rap videos, and I ended up I was seeing people. And then I was like, oh, that's it. like, where, what neighborhood is this? I was trying to find out. So then I would Google their name. And there's this one guy I found. And it was like, AKA, and it had his real name. And then he was in like the newspapers. It's like, gang affiliate. And this guy raps about this. And they had like all like, the, the, the Journal de Montreal had all the gangs, what they're called, what their alias are, their, their, their street, people's street names. Like, let's say it's like Big P. Actually, you know, it has their real names and who they're beefing with and what song is out. I go, are they exposing or are they promoting? Like, what is... It's such a weird fucking... And, like, these guys have beef with these guys. And it was, like, a high school thing. But And this was... The, the Montreal newspapers putting that out. But maybe it's leading up to a big musical of, like, West Side Story, Montreal version. But that's the other thing is that they all... They're turning it into a musical, this hatred. So, wait, hold on. I want to know what music video you were a part of. Me? I don't know. I, I asked the guy. He didn't... Bye maybe bye he commented. Cowboy. Maybe he. Maybe he'll comment. That's now, not rap. It would be funny if it's, like, a... I, I hope I wasn't in a video that I forgot about because that's not that funny. What would be funnier is if they have me like a clip, like let's say of the podcast, yeah, yeah, and they're like, these fucking bitches on the internet like Pantelis. Like that. <laughs> I would fucking love that shit. What if, I know this happened to a couple other comics back in the day, but uh, there were, uh, I don't know if they were just rappers, but DJs that sampled music while using <gasps> jokes oh that'll be amazing if they just sample like the podcast or, or jokes late greg giraldo i remember they somebody used something of his in a song and it like it was big on the college campuses whether it was a good song <laughs> or it was because everybody was a giraldo fan i'm not sure of but <laughs> he made a lot of money off that oh there's something cool about that yeah I figure it out. Uh, uh, the, the new song drops. They're putting pinch of shit in our food. Oh yeah, because he had a meltdown on one of the <laughs> Who's that? him. He had a meltdown. It was like Alex Jones level meltdown. Remember when Alex Jones freaked out when he was saying they're making the frogs gay? And do you remember that? And it was all over the internet because they, they were taking the clues like they're making the fucking frogs gay, and everyone was making fun of him. But it's so funny because then years later, when we found out what he was talking about, he was actually a thousand percent right. It, it, actual journalist, it was in, in NBC. It, it was they were putting stuff in the fucking water that was changing the DNA of these animals. They were losing their their um, their uh, genetic organ. It was quite, so he. 
he was 100% right, but the way he fucking said it made him seem like a lunatic. So that clip was everywhere. So if you make fun of Alex Jones online now, people offer, often reference gay frogs. It's like a frog right. with a gay flag. Because him screaming, That's hilarious. they're making I've the fucking frog. Oh, it's so funny. I, I, have, I used to share funny clips like that. They're making the frogs gay. And he would go crazy. And so he had a meltdown on uh, the intellectuals a few weeks ago. He had a meltdown because he found out um, like health, he found out like fast food, like what's in it. Like how there's, he didn't know about like the, in hot dogs, like the, the extra meat, like the raccoon meat and the anus of fucking uh, pigs and all that shit. So when he found out it was the first time. What do they time. call it? The, um, what is it? Not, not the entrails, but. Uh, yeah. All, all that disgusting. Yeah. So he, he didn't know. So he started losing his life. Like how, and then when he found out that Tim Horn, some sandwiches or soups or whatever, have some traces of like pigeon uh, meat or, uh, or um, uh, pigeon shit sandwiches. Species, he started losing. He's like, how pigeon do you get it on a sandwich? Is that sandwich? what you just said? Yeah, pigeon shit sandwich. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Poseidon, uh, put Are the volume. Are we going to get taken down? Or? Uh, well, I'll, we'll play a few seconds. We can hear it. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> that just said. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Serious <laughs> 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 crap. Gay. Frogs, freaking frogs. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> it's amazing. I've never seen anybody get this upset about the gender of an amphibian. But but that's so his thing was actually that is that in this case because we all made fun of him. Okay, wow. it, it was so much. We all made fun of him. So then when the actual there was a whole thing about it when the the reports came out from actual journalists and were like, holy shit, he wasn't. He was all his stuff was real, but the way he expresses himself is so retarded. He could tell me water's good for me, but he can say it in a way that I'm going to doubt it. That's his thing is some people, they can't like control the their an, emotions. He's the anti-salesman. Yes, that's what he's the anti-salesman. Oh it's like, like the car is amazing, but he can sell it to you the wrong way. And right. you're like, oh, I don't know if I fucking want this car. This is crazy. So the frog's gay thing was, he was accurate. It's just the way he was describing it. It wasn't that the frogs were gay. Is that technically the frogs, I guess, they were making them trans if you, if you, if you want to get technical about it. But it was Are just, they now they frogs? Oh, dude, now it fucked uh, up the whole I ecosystem. No, no, but it actually fucked up the whole ecosystem. It's what we do, science, like what we, it's not me and you. The way they play with science and the way they fuck with our health is criminal. It's, it's borderline satanic, the shit they're doing to us. One of the worst things, and they always tell you to do this, is one of the things when they, you know, you start losing weight, they're like, read the label. Yeah. One of the worst things you can do is read the label. That's what got me to lose weight. You know what I mean? Because if you read, even if you think it's healthy, you know, um, still, there's a couple of things. And you go by the old rule. Like, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. You can't pronounce anything. You know? I started Googling certain stuff. How car, Carcinogens. I was like, what the fuck is in this? Yeah. And it helped me lo lose weight because then it was easier for me to cut certain stuff off because I would think of it as poison. Right. As I still smoke. But that's that's a hard addiction. He still smokes. He tried quitting forty seven times. It's very difficult. Dude, it's awful. It's not easy. No, I'm gonna. You know what? Oh, I've never tried. You know what the, the problem is it's also a cool addiction. Like you know. look cool doing it. You don't look cool doing heroin. You've never looked cool. You look pathetic so. doing you heroin. <laughs> well, no one's out there being like, yeah, hey, look over here. <laughs> no I'm one's out there doing that. The it's in secret. No, I'm know, gonna hit my vein like you've never seen anybody <laughs> hit a vein before, brah. <laughs> but is what I want to hear. There is a heroin crisis. Uh, Cocaine's back. Did cocaine. you see that? And people are dying too because of the yeah, fentanyl. The fentanyl. Yeah. Fuck. Listen, man. 
marijuana is just the way to go. Trust me. Yeah. It chills you out. People, I get paranoid. Well, you're with the wrong people. Yeah, or maybe that's not for you, but it doesn't mean that if you're not going to smoke weed, you're going to start doing coke. That's the that's the. No, no, but thing. I'm just saying, if you get really paranoid doing marijuana, okay? Aren't there different strains? Yeah, Can't you? yeah. yeah. Take it back a notch on the uh, the percentage, but also you're with the wrong people. I invite anybody. If you want to have a good time, next summer, we golf. I will bring everybody's just chill, peaceful. That's the way uh, golf should be. It's like, why are you paranoid every time you smoke weed? I'm surrounded by organized crime. <laughs> it's just a bunch of criminals. I'm scared someone's going to rob me. Do you know that? Do you keep bringing up the organized crime? Because at one point in my life, maybe, uh, yeah, this goes about just, a, just over 10 years ago now. I was living in a nice place, apartment building. And there was this particular girl who, despite the fact that I had a girlfriend, wouldn't take no for an answer. Hot? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, and one night, I guess, she snuck her way in past the security guy. Oh, she didn't live there? No. And started knocking on my door. She knew the door, too. Yeah, pounding on my door. And I opened the door, and I was like, listen, I'm going to give you about... 60 seconds to turn around but i'm gonna call the cops you fucking lunatic you know i close the door and she starts pounding on the fuck you fuck you and all your mobster friends and i'm like perfect now everybody in my like everybody thinks that you're peddling in well already you know people on that floor that i lived on were like what does this guy do like he doesn't even know that the frogs are gay you know, like I didn't. Yeah. Um, but like some days I was leaving at like, you know, eight o'clock in the morning in a pair of sweatpants and a hoodie because I'm doing radio. And then the next night I'm out in a three piece suit and I'm leaving at seven o'clock with my hair slicked back because I got a corporate show. So they were like, what? The, this guy definitely fucking kills people. Yeah. And then yeah. she was yelling that. Yeah. What happened? Or did the. Uh, what happened? Uh. What happened? Well, it ended my relationship because I ended up... Banging her? Yeah, I caved. God damn it. I she, caved. Must, she must have sucked a mean dick. Jesus yeah, Christ, Poseidon. <laughs> I never admitted that to anybody, by the way. Well, this is a podcast for you first. Know? Yeah, but I'm not proud of it. But, you know, it, shit happens in the past. And uh, I tried to apologize to my ex. She wouldn't have any of it. And, uh, yeah. Tell her about the gay frogs. Joey Elias, Buddy, all the links so much fun. are in the description. This was a great episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.